Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Fantasy Football Pod with Nick and Cody coming at you with a little week three Thursday night football preview here today, recording on Wednesday afternoon. Uh, Cody, how are you doing this week? Uh, I am doing good halfway through the week, so just looking forward to some football on Thursday and then pretty big weekend of football coming up. Uh, Waivers ran this morning for all of my leagues. I probably put in 25 uh, either waiver waiver or fab claims and ended up with two players. So took a bunch of L's on the waiver wire this week. But uh, other than that, not too bad. How's your week been going so far? Well, other than you snaking Tua from me in our Keeper League with a $12 bid, I put in an $11 bid. So that was a little bit sad for me when I woke up this morning. But um other than that, I'm doing all right. I wasn't too active on the wire this week. I feel like there was really only uh, quarterback, uh, the quarterback position and a couple wide receivers to look at. Running backs were pretty pretty bare. So yep. um, other than that, um, this game, not quite as exciting as last Thursday, Cody, between the Chiefs and Chargers, looking at a 38-and-a-half over under here with Pittsburgh and Cleveland. That is really gross. Um, before we get into it, I uh, just want to remind everybody to please comment, like, and subscribe on the videos. Uh, give a five-star review if you're on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out. We'd love to do a um, Q&A episode at some point if we can get enough responses on the videos uh, we appreciate all of the feedback uh, real quick not much for news and notes today I haven't really seen much in the way of injury updates quite yet they're gonna be more practices today so we'll uh, we'll know more when we do our full week three preview episode uh, but the only thing that I saw for news and notes today is that Mike Evans suspension was upheld he tried to uh, appeal it that's pretty not, not surprising at all. That, that's kind of what we expected. I, I never really see these things get overturned. So uh, Mike Evans will be out this week, make other plans. Uh, Cody, let's go ahead and get into this Thursday night game. Uh, Pittsburgh at Cleveland. Cleveland favored by four and a half over under, as I said before, 38 and a half points. So not a ton to go around here on either side. Uh, we're going to have to be Frugal with uh, our choices here on both sides. Going to probably be fading a couple of the guys that are on the borderline here. Uh, but I think uh, starting out with our best bets and maybe picking the game here, I'm not incredibly confident, especially these low over-unders between divisional rivals. I'm not really attacking these games from a line perspective. I think I would take Pittsburgh in the points and maybe over 38.5 just because that's such a low number. But I'm not incredibly confident. I'll put myself at 7 out of 10 there. How about you? What do you think, Cody? Yeah, I would probably take Pittsburgh in the points as well. Um, I am not going to be betting this game on the line just because this could be a game where Cleveland just comes out and you know they win by 10 and they're just pissed off because they blew that lead to the Jets last weekend. And we don't cover or it could be a really close, low-scoring divisional game in Pittsburgh, you know, gets a – last second touchdown or not last second but you know could cover in the last couple of minutes so I'm going to stay away from the line I'm actually going to go the other side I would take the under in this game um I just when you have Mitchell Trubisky and um Jacoby Brissett throwing the football I'm gonna bet on a lot of points not being scored uh 38 and a half is like I'd be, I'll be sweating it out from the start because if there's a couple early touchdowns that 38 and a half is going to be looking really bad but um, I, I would probably just bet the under divisional game, two really good defenses. And, uh, again, just the quarterbacks are really what it comes down to for me. 
Yeah, that's totally fair. I think the reason that I would take the over is I'd expect at least a defensive touchdown one way or another here, maybe two. And I think if that's the case, if you get one defensive touchdown, I think we can find ourselves up to, to 39 there. That's, you know, the offense has only got to score 32 points on both sides combined at that point. I think even with uh, the, the low quality of offensive play we have here, we could probably get to that number. But we, we will see. Uh, I have a couple best bets here. Unfortunately, the defensive props are not quite as, um, you know, frequent as the offensive ones on uh, DK. So last week we had quite a few different uh, nice parlays to look at here. This week I didn't really see a lot that I liked at all. Uh, I basically stuck with the, the running backs here just because they're the only ones that I have any confidence in as far as uh, involvement in this game. So... I do have a couple that I like quite a bit, though. Uh, my first one is Najee Harris at 50-plus rushing yards and 50-plus receiving yards. You get that at plus 1,000. Um, he's obviously going to have to be involved if the Steelers are going to do much in this game. And uh, that's not a huge total on either side there. I think getting the 50-plus rush yards should be pretty easy for him. The 50-plus receiving yards will be a little tougher, but he saw more involvement in the uh, the receiving game last week. So I like it at 10-1. to 1. What do you think, Cody? Yeah, he's the best player on that offense, and if they want to you know, turn the tide and start winning some more games, I think he's going to have to be more involved. Um, a little risky with the 50-plus receiving yards. I would love to see it, uh, having him on a couple fantasy teams. and But at plus 1,000 odds, I think that's a pretty solid bet. I would, I would be sweating out those 50 receiving yards a little bit, though, from the start. Yeah, that's going to be the one you, uh, you're going to have to – you know, that, that's the one that's going to be tough to hit. The, the, the rush yard should be there, and if he's not getting there, then he's probably not moving the ball much anyway. So yeah. uh, my other one is, again, Najee Harris here at an anytime TD score at plus 150. I feel like this line is probably a little bit of an overreaction to him not scoring in weeks one and two. I'd be curious to see what this line was in week one. I imagine that it was much lower. Uh, again, touchdowns are really fluky. I'm not really taking any stock in the fact that he hasn't scored so far. If he's touching the ball a lot and he's in uh, in red zone situations, then he has just as good of a chance to score a touchdown as anyone else on this team uh, and probably a better chance than most others too. So at plus 150, I think he's probably the highest odds of any Pittsburgh Steeler to score, and uh, I like that odds. Uh, I like those odds at 1.5 to 1. Yep, so I'm going to add on here for TD scores because you can also get Kareem Hunt at plus 150. Um, I think on the Cleveland side, him and uh, Nick Chubb are the two best offensive players. And Nick Chubb's negative money and Kareem Hunt's plus money. So I'm just going to lean the Kareem Hunt side. And then also on the um, on the Pittsburgh side here, let me get it pulled up. I was just looking at it. But I believe Pat Fryermuth anytime touchdown, plus 230. That's a little bit more risky. I'm probably not going to bet that one. But if you want to get... You know, a little bit more juice. I think that's probably the best, uh, you know, 200-plus player that I would put a bet on out there. I thought about putting Fryermuth in there as well. But, yeah, like you said, I was hoping for a little bit more juice than Fryermuth. I feel like his line has probably come a little bit closer to one-to-one just because he scored uh, in both of the first two weeks. So uh, I think if he doesn't score this week, you can probably attack it next week and be a little bit higher. Uh, and then my last one here, this one is my farthest odds, uh, but I kind of like it. I, I was kind of surprised to see this bet on there. I didn't think uh, that it was that hard to reach uh, for the odds that I'm getting here. That's Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, and Najee Harris to reach 25-plus receiving yards. You're, you get that at plus 2,200. Um, obviously, I think Chubb is going to be the guy you're looking at here to get to 25. I think the other two uh, aren't 
are not certainly aren't locks, but you would almost expect both of those guys to be over 25 receiving yards in a given game. Uh, Chubb, not, not quite as much pass involvement, but this year he's actually seen at least two targets in each game so far. So if he's able to break a screen play that they give him and then uh, Hunt and Harris see their regular involvement, you could cash this in at 22 to 1. Uh, and I like those odds uh, for this for this bet right here. Yeah, I do like that one. You you pointed out Nick Chubb's the only one that you have to worry about. But again, with Jacoby Brissett throwing the football, I expect to see a healthy amount of dumped down passes to both Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And it only takes one big play for Nick Chubb to hit that 25. So um, again, at the, at the odds you're getting there, I do like that one as well. Alrighty, let's get into this game preview. Uh, this one will probably be a little bit quicker than our Chiefs Chargers preview last week. Not quite as much to talk about, uh, but we'll try our best to find some value here. Uh, we'll start on the Pittsburgh side. Quarterback Mitch Trubisky, again, we are not looking this way even in two QB leagues. Uh, he has not really shown us much to start this year, and we didn't really expect much from him coming into it. So uh, we are moving on to the running backs, Najee Harris. Uh, you're starting him. I think last week was pretty encouraging. Uh, I didn't really see any ill effects from the injury, but I think it's kind of just more of the same for Najee. You're probably going to get uh, high volume and low efficiency, another pretty good defense here that he's playing, and again, a very low over-under, so you wouldn't expect um, you know a ton of ball movement either way. So I think you're going to see about 20 touches from Najee. Hopefully he can get into the 80 to 100 yards range, and then uh, if he falls into the end zone uh, maybe once or twice, he'll, uh, he'll end up saving your day, but we kind of know what to expect from Najee Harris at this point. Yeah, he definitely needs to start getting into the end zone for him to live up to his draft capital. Um, but yeah, if you drafted him, you're obviously starting him. It's just Nick Nick said it perfectly. It's you got to temper expectations a little bit because that offensive line looks pretty rough. And if he's not getting into the end zone and not catching, you know, five or more passes, he's definitely susceptible to having a bad week. Um, but again, in a divisional game, I. I could see him getting into that end zone. So I I like Najee this week. It's just he has to start getting in the end zone for him to be good for fantasy football because he's just crazy and inefficient at this point. On the wide receiver side of things for Pittsburgh, uh, Deontay Johnson's really the only option you're looking at. Um, it's been encouraging for Deontay as far as his involvement the first two weeks. He's seen over 10 targets both weeks so far. I think you can probably expect about 10 targets once again. Seems like he's the clear number one here, but kind of the same story uh, for Deontay Johnson as we uh, just, just told for Najee Harris. Lots of volume, not a ton of efficiency. Uh, you're probably a lot. He's obviously a lot more valuable in PPR leagues because you're going to get at least five or six catches if he gets to ten targets. But um, I wouldn't expect a ton of yards on those catches. And uh, again, uh, you're kind of hoping for a touchdown here for Deontay if you're in a non PPR or half PPR situation. And uh, you know, I don't have a ton of hope, but I would put him in the low end wide receiver two range just because of his heavy target volume. Yeah, I would put him in the low low end wide receiver two range, probably in full PPR. I mean, I'm he's probably at like flex level confidence in non PPR, especially with his. If he doesn't get in the end zone, he could be pretty rough for non PPR leagues. But uh, yeah, if you're going to start any wide receiver in this room, it's definitely going to be Deontay, uh, Claypool, and Pickens. Both are kind of just splitting the the rest of the work that doesn't go to the big three here in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I was disappointed to see Claypool's uh, rushing involvement not carry over to Week 2. I thought that we might be able to uh, get another valuable piece here out of this offense that uh, doesn't have a lot of valuable pieces to go around. But 
I guess yeah. I should be happy that we ended up picking up a tight end starter out of this room. Uh, that's the next guy we're going to talk about. That's Pat Fryermuth. He's been uh, really solid to this point. His involvement has been there, and he gets a lot of looks in the red zone, as we said earlier. That's kind of why we were looking at him for that anytime TD scorer bet. But uh, Pat Fryermuth at this point is a low-end starting tight end. That's not a horribly high bar to clear. Uh, tight end's been pretty rough to this point of the year, even for tight end, but Still, uh, Pat Farmuth is a solid low-end starter. If you, you know, if you were streaming tight ends at the beginning of the year and you happen to go with Farmuth to start, you're probably pretty happy, and you, I have no problem throwing him into your lineup. Yep, absolutely. He was probably one of the last tight ends picked up in, in your fantasy draft, and he's been one of the better ones so far. So I have no problem starting him this week. And like I said, if you want, to, if you want the juice on him scoring a touchdown, I think that you have a real high possibility of that happening. And on the Cleveland Browns side of things, uh, they're one of my favorite teams to do game previews for because they are super, super easy. Uh, it's really always just all about the running backs, and then uh, we have a few other options just to discuss, but I'm not really biting on any of them, as you will see. Uh, from the quarterback, obviously, Jacoby Brissett, another guy we're not even looking at in uh, even in two quarterback leagues, so we're not uh, not interested there. On the running back side, Nick Chubb is absolutely in your lineup um, at home. A divisional game against Pittsburgh, probably a tougher matchup than most, but uh, still a game that Cleveland's favored in, so you'd expect Chubb to get plenty of work here, uh, even if they, you know, it, I would expect them to fall behind big to Pittsburgh here, so Chubb is going to be involved. Same with Hunt. He's always involved, even if they are behind. Uh, you could start him low over-under. You should probably temper your expectations just a little bit, but... Uh, Hunt is kind of who he is at this point. He's in the low-end RB2 range, maybe flex range in uh, full PBR leagues. But uh, I like like Kareem Hunt, like Nick Chubb. You can throw them both in your lineup. Uh, anything you want to add on the running backs, Cody? Um, I just want to add something on Kareem Hunt, and I guess I probably could have said it about Deontay Johnson as well. Of course, if you are going to play these guys this week, make sure you're putting them in their positional uh, spot on your roster and not in the flex spot. With how many injuries that are out there, you definitely want to make sure you're flexible come Sunday. So uh, just a heads up there, but I'm right there with Nick. Nick Chubb, definitely you're starting him. And then Kareem Hunt, uh, the low over-under definitely makes, you know, got to temper expectations a little bit. But if, you know, he's involved in the pass and run game, and if you're in PPR, he's, he's a smash play for me as well. So, um, again, just make sure you slot him in that running back role instead of your flex spot. Yeah, 100% on Thursday night. Always make sure that uh, your players are either in the running back or wide receiver slot. Don't uh, use up that flex on Thursday night. So if anybody gets injured in between then and Sunday, you have more flexibility. Uh, on the wide receiver side for the Browns, Amari Cooper had a pretty good game last week. His target volume is pretty encouraging. I am still not biting here with a tough matchup against Pittsburgh in the low over-under. Uh, I want to see it uh, for at least one more week, especially with Jacoby Reset at the helm. Uh, I don't know about you, but... I, I think I'm just staying away from Cooper. If you're in a really deep league, and again, now we've talked about this before, if you're in a deep, deep league, you, you some of these guys you're going to have to play if you don't have better options. I could see that being the case with Cooper, but I'm trying to avoid if I can. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I would try to avoid him if you're in a shallow league. If you're in a deep league, he's not a terrible play. Um, but I, I'm not going to look at last week and expect him to put up those kind of numbers You know, probably again until Deshaun Watson comes back. Um, it's just like when you have Jacoby Brissett throwing you the football, you know, last week he was hitting them this week. He may not be. So it's going to be up and down until they get a solid quarterback back there. Um, 
Again, in the deep league, he's not a bad, you know, flex level confidence play. Again, make sure you put him in that wide receiver slot, but I would probably try to find a different uh, a different player this week, especially against a Pittsburgh defense that's pretty solid against the pass. And in the tight end room, uh, David Njoku has been a little disappointing to this point in the year. Did see five targets last week, so good to see him get a little bit more involved in the offense. But uh, Harrison Bryant, their other tight end, has actually out-targeted him to this point. So I think I am definitely looking at other options here. There's been some other streamers to emerge to this point in the year that I think have surpassed Njoku at this point. I, I don't really see him being an option in fantasy lineups. Yep, I I would just wait until Deshaun Watson comes back with David Njoku. Um, he may have a good game here or there. Again, Jacoby Brissett's going to be up and down, so there could be a week he gets five catches and falls into the end zone, and then you're back on that Njoku train. But, um, you know, on our last episode, we went over a lot of different tight ends that were probably on waiver wires that you probably should target. And Njoku, I dropped him in any of the leagues I had him in, and – if someone gets him and he's really good with Deshaun Watson, that's bad on me, but I'm not going to start him when he's getting out-targeted by the other tight end on that team, and I'm also not going to hold him as a backup tight end on my roster for the full year. So I'm, I'm okay. If you if there's someone out there on your waiver wire still that you have more confidence in than Njoku, I would go ahead and move off. Uh, Nick, I do have a question because Irv Smith may probably was picked up in most leagues after his touchdown on Monday night. If Irv Smith's still out there, is that a guy you would drop in Joku for? Oh, 100%. Yeah, I think right. you have a much better offense, much better passing offense in uh, Minnesota there and someone that could potentially be even more involved in the offense anyway. So I, I don't see... I don't see any reason that I would hang on to Njoku over Irv Smith here. I would definitely make that pivot if you are able to, for sure. Yep, and then one more I have for you here instead of Njoku. Would you potentially add Lance Thomas over David Njoku. Logan Thomas out of Logan Washington, Thomas. I'm guessing, yes, is who you. we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I would involve I, – I would 100% go that route as well. I think I, I see him similarly to Irv Smith as far as, uh, you know, a little bit of a better passing offense and uh, someone that I think is just going to be getting more targets week to week uh, and is clearly the, the first tight end in Washington there, whereas Njoku yep. is kind of sharing time with Harrison Bryant. So I would – make that pivot as well. I think that's just kind of going to the point of well, you should have a better option than Njoku at this point on your wire or uh, on your roster. So I For think sure. we're staying away from David Njoku until we see it. Yeah, I Cody, opened up, uh, I opened oh, up Twitter and saw a sad Trey Lance tweet. <laughs> that's why Lance <laughs> was just stuck in my head and I couldn't think of Logan. But yeah, no, I, I, th- I agree. I think there's probably someone out there that I'd have more confidence starting on a weekly basis than Njoku. So go out there and get them but yeah i think that's going to wrap up our thursday night preview pretty quick episode here for you um obviously on friday we're going to have our week two or week three preview and then on saturday we'll have our week three best bets episode come out so definitely make sure that you are staying tuned for those uh nick any last words for the people Nope, I don't think so. Just that I'm pretty proud of us for squeezing 20 minutes out of this episode. That's about all the juice you're going to get out of this orange. Uh, but um, other than that, I think uh, I am good. We will talk to you guys soon. And yeah, like like uh, Cody said there, that week three matchup preview will be coming. Lots more in the way of injury updates and yep. uh, everything else. So uh, we will talk to you guys soon. For sure. Absolutely. Good luck, everybody. Peace out.